1: Southern Miss, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to the Eagle Hour, Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us around the state online, wherever you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome. Opening segment sponsored today, as always, by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of this program and Southern Miss. We hope the next time uh, you have a taste for barbecue, you'll make it Dickies. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us later in the show. Kelly Sander joining us as well. We've got lots to talk about. But first, an old friend of the Eagle Hour and a guy I've known a long time and uh, proud to call a a fellow Golden Eagle, Joe Bryant, who is a former player for the Golden Eagles and about to enter his 15th year as the official statistician and spotter for Golden Eagle Radio Broadcast. And Joe, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you, Bob. It's an honor to be here today. Anytime I can talk about Southern Miss, I'll be glad to. And and, uh, sometimes I talk too much.
1: (laughs) Never. We're we're glad to have you. So you're about to enter year number 15 as uh, the guy that's up in the booth during the broadcast, keeping up with the stats, doing the spotting, kind of keeping up with everything for the play-by-play team. And, you told me you got started uh, when Larry Fedora came, and it was an interesting reason that you uh, that you got involved in the job.
2: Well, we knew when Fedora came in here, he was going to have a very, very fast, high flying offense. And John and Lee, which was uh, Vic, was was the color man then. Uh, it's difficult to keep up with an offense and defense when things are moving so fast. In other words, there's no huddle; they're back lining up. So I came in, did more stats back then. Stats today are all automated, really. And uh, sat there and gave, fed them information on what's going on on the defensive side of the ball. Because as they're calling it on the offense, they can't see both sides and go into the next play. So that's what I've been doing. I, I sit between Lee and John and uh, can talk to them. You don't hear me on the radio. and talk to Bo on the field and give feed information on what's going on on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Can you enjoy the game as a fan doing that, or are you so busy that it's work?
2: Well, it, you enjoy it. You, I've seen basically didn't travel much last year because of the COVID situation, but in the last 15 years, almost every play on binoculars. I've seen it all happen, So uh, and the game goes by so fast. But I do, I do enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of fun, but like I say, it goes by so fast. And all of a sudden, the first quarter's over, and you're saying, "Where did that? Where did that go?" But it's it's interesting because the way things are so fast these days in the game, and you 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 got to have an extra set of eyes down there so you can catch everything and broadcast it. You know, TV you see it, but on radio you, the. the Color man and your broadcaster, your play-by-play, they have to describe what's going on on the field, and it's just difficult to do the offense and the defense. So I kind of feed it into them.
1: I got you. Get in here with Joe Bryant.
0: Joe, uh, I just want to let you know I have done it the other way without someone as crucial as you, and uh, it's really <laughs> difficult to keep up with the play and, and, uh, and not have anybody uh, doing that. Now, now be honest, and because I mess it up all the time. Has there ever been a time you accidentally gave the wrong number to Lee or John?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got, you know, sometimes the, the numbers, the jerseys get caught up underneath, and all you can't tell if it's a nine or an eight, and in and, and sometimes the colors of the jerseys matter with the contrast to the numbers. You can't really tell, and so yeah, it happens. It happens a lot. You kind of, on our team though, you kind of know who's who. You can tell by how somebody moves, what they, who they are, without even looking at a number or whatever. It's the it's the other team that that uh, you're not familiar with that you can really sometimes mess up, and you don't. Uh, you know, you don't get the right person. And that's simply because of the, the you know, angle somebody's at. You can't read, the, is it an eight? Is it a nine? Is it a five? What's the number on that jersey? So, yeah, it happens.
0: Yeah, the, the color, I was going to bring that up too. The color sometimes, you just wonder where in the world they got these schemes from. But I was uh, I was privileged to to call a state championship game in the Rock, sit where you guys sit, and then called a state championship game uh, up at uh, Memorial Stadium in, in Jackson, Veterans, Veterans Stadium in Jackson. And it was so high up. What, what are some of the, the, the stadiums where you guys are so high up? I guess what's the best perch and, and what have been some of the more difficult perches?
2: Well, when you go, the, the most difficult, I'd have to say, is when we played down in Tampa in the bowl game because we're in a baseball stadium, and they put you at a very odd angle where you just can't get a full view of the field. Uh, and Auburn, for instance, now puts you practically in the end zone. They took everything that they could on the sidelines and remodeled it and sold it and stuck all the media basically in the end zone. So you have a completely different view of what you're seeing there. Some of the good places, though, I mean, San Antonio, I mean, that's that's just ideal with the position you have in San Antonio and the Alamo Dome. Uh, you've got places like, I remember Arkansas State, you're way, way up from what, uh, you know, from where you are, and every, every place is a little bit different. You just have to adjust, in fact, I, my eyes aren't like they used to, and this over the the, this last year I bought what's called a monocular, which is a very, very, it's uh, like a compact kind of telescope that I'm going to yeah. use some when you're <laughs> trying to see if it's a first down or how close this is, and that gives huh. you a really, really good view of the field, a good view of something close up.
1: What's the worst place you've ever been?
2: Oh, gosh. Um, like I say, Tampa Tampa was bad that time because of, of where we were. You know, we're in a, on a baseball field, and it's just not. The viewing was not good in the angle that we were on. That have to be that have to be one of the worst places of of calling a game from
0: there. I took that I took that not just as the view. I mean, you can answer that Starkville just because Uh, of the smell, Joe. It wasn't necessarily (laughs) the view.
2: Oh, I can tell you where some of the places where I mean, I mean uh, that old state Rice Stadium now is uh, is old. It's not that good. The uh, the old Houston. The stadium in Houston was awful, and you had to you had to climb up, carry equipment, almost like ladders, getting it up into these adobe huts like you have out in the Southwest, trying to get up into a hole to set your stuff up, and then you get there, and they had a uh, a, a not a tent but an awning like over below that I have to actually stand up to see the sideline. And John and Lee can't see it at all, so I'm trying to tell them what's going on because you can't see the sideline because of that awning that sits there. I mean, that was terrible. I'm glad we don't have to go there anymore. Robertson Stadium is what it was. Terrible.
1: And admit it, John Cox never helps you get the equipment up the stairs, does he? (laughs)
2: Well, we get it up there, John knows how to set it up. I mean, believe me, he tells you everything to do on how to set that up. And, of course, John doesn't have one set of equipment. He's got an extra and an extra for the extra. Right. So he's got enough stuff up there that we could uh, probably communicate with the moon if we had to. All
1: right, a couple minutes left. You've been through Larry Fedora, Ellis Johnson, Todd Monk, and Jay Hobson, and now a new regime. What are you expecting to see this year out of this football team. Wow.
2: Everything's going to look different. Everything's going to be different. But we have got so many good kids coming back, and we've got so many get added kids The transfer, the a kid from Bay Springs that's coming in here. It's going to look great. I mean, really, really. And, and every one of those coaches you named, everything was different. Um, Coach Hall's different in his approach and his way he's doing things. But the kids, when the kids buy in, that's what you've got to have, and the kids have bought in. I mean, they have really bought in to Coach Hall. And his enthusiasm has spread to every one of them, and that's what makes it work.
1: Right. All right, you're entering year 15. So you probably got a good 15 more years in you doing this, am I right?
2: I'll I'll have to see. We'll see how long John stays around. John, uh, I won't give John's age. He's a couple years younger than I am, two years. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see. My wife calls it my free job. You know, other places they pay Fabulous salaries to do what I do, and mm-hmm. I just do it for, as we say, my free job.
1: And like the salary that Luke Johnson gets, a fabulous salary for the amount of time that he puts <laughs> in, Joe. <laughs> you, you got so, that. So right. maybe, maybe when he moves on, you can take that spot, and you'll actually get paid.
2: That's right. I got to give a shout out though to somebody real quick that I spoke to this morning. The oldest living letter win- letter winner in USM at USM is Eddie Kalchek. and he's ninety four years old. Spoke wow. to him this morning. Uh, he came here in 49, played 49-50-51 after playing at, at Pittsburgh and West Virginia. He comes here after trying to get into Mississippi State. Anyway, he's 94 years old. He's, he's, he's As he says, he's under house arrest at home. His mind is, is still good, and he knows what's going on. I just want to say hello to Eddie and uh, let people know that Eddie's still here.
1: Great message. Joe, we appreciate you as always. Uh, Thank you so much for everything you do for Southern Miss football, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the Rock this fall.
2: Hey, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thank you, Bob.
1: All right, Joe Bryan, everybody. Great insurance agency owner here in Hattiesburg, and also, as you just heard, the statistician and the spotter for Southern Miss football radio. All right, Warren Zevon takes us out. Heath Hinton's coming in. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Joe Bryant for joining us in the opening segment of the show. Always a pleasure talking to Joe and appreciate the work that he does for free, as we just learned, (laughs) for Southern Miss football. And Joe is quite a true and blue Golden Eagle. I guess I should say black and gold Golden Eagle. We appreciate Joe coming on the Eagle Hour this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. Biggest selection of clothing they've had down there in a long time. I know Luke is a hat guy, and uh, they told me last week when I was there, this is the biggest collection of hats they've had in the history of the store. The entire back wall now just about uh, are different varieties of Southern Miss hats. Got a lot of great stuff in stock for you bigger guys, 3X, 4X, even up to 5X, and uh, all the way to little children, a big new edition of children's clothing at Campus Book on Hardy Street, campusbookmart.net. Heath, Heath Hinton is the owner and proprietor, or proprietor, I'm having trouble today, Heath, the owner and proprietor of Big Old Nation website. We're always glad to have him on the Eagle Hour. Uh, CUSA meeting today discussing the 12-team college football playoff. You told me before we went on the air, if approved, it won't go into effect for another four years. Uh... I guess first of all, why why would you have to wait four years to do it if this is what you're going to do?
3: TV contract. They've already got a contract. I believe it runs to 25, maybe 24. But I think the uh, current playoff system they're under contract with, of course, ESPN, to run it to uh, 2024, 2025. So you're looking at you know three. I well, I mean this would be 2022 when the new the new uh, game's going to be played. So maybe three to four years, two to three years before you finally see a 12-team playoff. So even though it's going in the right direction, still got a little ways to go it before it's any better than what they have right now.
1: And and if it happens, in your view, it means what for Conference USA?
3: I think it gives Conference USA a better chance of reaching the college football playoff as it is now. What, 14? And, and to get in, you pretty much... Have to have a couple of big upsets, win in your conference, and hope for the best and hope there's a poll out there that puts you in place to uh, make the playoffs. What it does now is you've got some conferences. Uh, maybe you could lose a game and still make it. That, that That's kind of where the 12 teams open up. But don't kid yourself. There's still a way that these conferences, these big conferences are going to figure out every way possible to make it to where the money still stays with
0: them as much
1: as they can. Yeah, Luke Johnson, I can foresee a 12-team playoff where 10 of the 12, at least, are Power 5 schools.
0: Here's what was proposed. So what happened today was uh, the proposal that was made earlier uh, this month, uh, today the College Football Playoff Board of Managers, which is basically a group of 11 university presidents and chancellors, they basically gave the go-ahead for conference commissioners to start discussing the 12 team playoff uh, f- format. And so, what it would be is it would be 12 teams and it would have the sixth highest ranked FBS conference champions and six at large teams. Now, you would assume that the sixth highest FBS conference champions would be Power Five and then probably the American. Uh, this last year, uh, the Sun Belt, you know, champ Coastal Carolina could have probably got in that. So, you got the sixth highest conference champions and then 6 at large teams. So the top 4 have a bye, first round bye, and then seeds 5 through 12 play first round games on different campuses mid December and then the quarterfinals uh are at the traditional bowl sites uh, around New Year's Day and then you get to uh you know a a, a national championship. Here Heath, here's here's the issue I think. I think the Pac-12 is going to going to raise some cane. They already have uh, this past week. They think that all Power 5 champions should be automatically included into it and i guess that's because the pac-12 really hadn't won a, a national championship since usc uh, halfway illegally did one back in 2004 so you know the, the pac-12 could cause some hang-up as we proceed
3: sure i mean you've got a pac-12 that's going to sit there we're a power five we're a power You we haven't played like it in the past 12 years um let's not kid ourselves the Pac-12 is just not a very good football conference, and they want to have their case. They don't want to be left without the money. It's all about keeping that status quo and those power fives keeping the money. Here's what I say to a 12-team format. Why aren't you giving out buy? Why not just turn it into 16, give every D1 conference, uh, uh, FBS conference, put their champion in, take the top six, seed them from there, and play each other. Why are we getting a bye in college college uh, football? There's no other – you don't get a bye in any other sports uh, for the NCAA tournament. Why football? Why has that changed? The reason that's changed is because those top four, you all know what it's going to be. The four champions, the power, the groups are wanting to keep that power there. That gives them an extra advantage when they play a team that's already played the week before I, I do think moving to 12 is great, and it's a moving in the right direction, but they are doing everything they can to make sure that the power stays within those conferences <laughs> well, and the money stays. That'll there.
1: always be the case in every sport, just like the Supreme yeah. Court ruling yesterday. Who does that benefit? That benefits the Power Five. And, uh, and I do want to ask you about that, about four and a half minutes left. Uh, we may see a different world of college football that we've never experienced in the past, Based on this ruling, I, I can see with the transfer rule now that you don't have to sit out, and now uh, apparently you're going to be able to make money as a college athlete. Uh, well, where do you think all the where do you think uh, the every player that can get to a power five school is going to go, Heath? He's going to go there right. to try to put money in his pocket while he's taking the free scholarship and the free room and board.
3: Absolutely, and what it is, it's about stuff that they can give the players, Uh, like paid internships at places uh, during the summer, and they can give them all kinds of stuff like uh, MacBooks, and and then every year they get a MacBook, so if they want to sell that MacBook, they can't. They're just – all that court ruling did was make the rich richer, and I know I saw a Kavanaugh thing where he's talking about this and that, and they're not getting money. Well, is the Supreme Court worried about internships for guys who are in college that go intern somewhere and don't get paid any money? I haven't seen any. As long as they're athletes, it's different, I guess. But if you're just a regular Joe Blow and you're going to school and you have to go to an intern that's not paid for, that's okay. Uh, They're student athletes, and I think they forget that.
1: It's a hard sell to parents who are paying for their children to go to college. Or for kids who are going to come out of college with $30,000 in student debt, for athletes to say, well, the free, the free tuition, the free room and board, the free everything that you're paying for, that's not enough for me because I can play basketball.
3: And, and, and don't forget, I've heard it said that these players don't get anything. They do get money every month. They do get money from the school. Um they're not just out there uh, not giving anything from the school. They do get some type of fundage from the school. So they're not a lot of people think these kids get uh, room and board, meals, and books. It's not necessarily true. There's more to it. There's some schools that give their players a thousand dollars. It's like adjusted living, a thousand dollars a month. So I think
0: sometimes people think they don't receive anything, when in actuality, they do. Luke? Well, I, I was uh, when I was playing, we were at a, a retreat one weekend, and there was a he-shall-not-be-named player for Mississippi State University, and at that time Jackie Sherrill was the head coach, and he said, man, Coach Sherrill's way smarter than NCAA. He knows all the gray areas. We get so much money. But that person shall remain unnamed for the sake of, of hell's uh, Cheryl's. There we go. Um, but, but Heath, yeah, going forward, it, it basically becomes, uh, I, I said it yesterday and just get your take on it in uh, about a minute left here. I don't see how, with this decision yesterday and with the transfer, the Power Five, it's just a ticking clock, and I don't know whether it's five, ten years, 15 years, but the Power Five is going to break away. I mean, why do they need the NCAA anymore if there's nothing to police specifically on, on money?
3: That's right. I think what you're looking at, and if you look at the Supreme Court ruling, it opened it for another case. I think the next case against the NCAA, uh, I guess the Supreme Court is going to blow it up. I I think NCAA is on its last legs. And I think you'll see uh, what happens from there. I'm not 100% sure, but I think college football as we know it is fixing to change within the next uh, four to five years. We may not make it to a college football playoff before this thing gets disbanded. That's how much this ruling uh, by the Supreme Court goes into effect. So, um, I think we're on a ticking time bomb. I, I don't think NCAA is going to be a while much longer. So you better enjoy it for people that love it while you can. I do think you'll have college sport. I just think it'll be different.
1: All right, Heath, real quickly, how do I join Big Gold Nation?
3: Just go to southernmiss.rivals.com, Google Big Gold Nation, top right and join. And uh, we have a lot of fun uh, conversation, a lot of uh, interviews with uh, players. A lot of interviews
1: with recruits, coaches, all kinds of fun. All right. Heath it, everybody. Big Gold Nation. Thanks, Heath. Talk to you next week. Thank you. their miss to the top.
0: Back on a Tuesday, appreciate Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Joe Bryant joining us earlier in the show. If you missed those interviews, you can always catch the Eagle Hour on demand. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, of course, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Supertalk.fm, SupertalkHattiesburg.com, SupertalkLaurel.com, on demand. Uh, you can listen to Everything that we say, don't critique us too bad. Half the time we don't know what we're talking about, but we love Southern Miss, Bob Getty, Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and a uh, torn up downtown Laurel as they are uh, tearing up the brick streets here to, uh, to to relay them later on. But lots of tourists uh, in, in Laurel. The third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar. Girl, great place to watch the College World Series. Fresh hand pattied hamburger steak today with corn rice and gravy, toast and a drink, and you missed it. It was only eight ninety five. But lots of specials going on with uh, the College World Series, and we appreciate Four Street Barn Grills' proud sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Speaking of the College World Series, Tennessee and Texas right now in the bottom of the second, an elimination game. Tennessee ahead of Texas, two to nothing, and uh, Peyton Manning on to uh, to cheer on uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, if you didn't check it out last night, uh, Arizona was, uh, eliminated by Stanford yesterday afternoon. And then how about North Carolina State, uh, was a three seed or I'm sorry, the two seed in the Rustin, uh, regional. They defeat Vanderbilt one to nothing and they are through, uh, until Friday. So uh, NC State in the, in uh, the driver's seat. Vanderbilt and Stanford play tomorrow at 6 p.m. in an elimination game. Uh, Texas and Tennessee in this elimination game. And and then Mississippi State plays Virginia tonight at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Kelly Sander joins us in a Kelly College World Series. Pretty cool. Anybody that's been watching it, uh, a familiar tune or at least a familiar name with the theme song, Key to the City, Southern Miss guy.
4: Adam, Adam Doliak, the one and only who's, who's one of those rare musicians. Um, you know, there, there have been others, but but there certainly aren't a whole lot of musicians of his caliber that have also played sports at a high level, particularly baseball. So uh, Adam Doliak's song was originally used by ESPN and some of the others I think a couple of years back, and they just, it just kind of adopted it as a theme song for the College World Series. Of course, he played in the College World Series for Southern Miss, and actually, we'll be making a return trip as a performer, but not during baseball season, but rather football season. The Adam Doliak Band will be performing live prior to kickoff of the September 11th Southern Miss Grambling Home Opener for the Golden Eagles this fall to open up Century Park, which is that uh, the little concert venue uh, in front, which would be just to the east, I guess, of uh, the, the end zone there at the stadium. So, uh, so Adam Doliak, yeah, making headlines both in baseball and in football, but again, they'll be performing prior to the Grambling game, which will be the home opener for the Golden Eagles football season on September 11th.
0: Sometimes uh, you you see whenever they play that song, and, and they'll do it, and I've done it once or twice, I think, this World Series, they'll talk about how cool it is that Adam Doliak, you know, it's his theme song, and he's in Nashville now, but he played in this, and Doliak, you know, had some big moments, uh, during that, uh, that run. He actually scored the, what it turned to be the, the game winning run that won the super regional at Florida. And then he went two for two, including a pinch hit double, uh, against Texas in the college world series. And so, yeah, this is this venue that we're talking about, Spirit, Spirit Park. Uh, they've, they've put, uh, the, the grass down now. It's at the back of the Cochrane Center kind of uh, to the right of the Duff Center where the field house is uh, so right there by the practice field and i think it's going to be a a big venue and and thankful uh, that that he's coming back uh, for that but uh bob you remember Doliak, and and uh, he went on to play in in 2010 i think he batted like 350 and you know another one of those guys even if he didn't play sports he's a southern miss guy that that's making it big in the country music scene he's doing
1: very well he was a clutch hitter as i recall big first baseman big strong kid uh, made a lot of contributions uh, to baseball. and we had him on the show last year when uh, when this song first started getting played for the College World Series. But I understand Southern miss got a lot of props last night during the broadcast because of the song and and talking about adam. so that's a that's a win-win for both uh, Southern miss and adam Doliak.
4: And, and there's there's a guy that really didn't even start playing sports uh, in or to do baseball until I think his junior year in high school pcs, so. right? And that's right, Presbyterian Christian High School in uh, in Hattiesburg. So, the lesson there is, you know, a lot of these kids start playing baseball at four and five and think that you have to be playing, you know, your whole life in order to achieve, you know, success at a higher level. Well, that certainly was not the case uh, with Adam Doliak and completely put the cleats down and picked up the guitar and is and is doing quite well. Of course, I've I've been trying to write songs, but and trying to get them to Adam, but so far he's not been impressed, particularly with my my latest effort. If you still think you're number one, you're full of number two. Which I, think I can't imagine
1: a, why he's ignoring you, Kelly.
4: Well, see, I, I just think it's 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 going to be a hit, Bob. I just can't get anybody to. to have latch you, have on you to tried
1: that. Alan Jackson? Maybe somebody like that.
4: <laughs> well, he's still down on the on the Catahouche River, wherever he likes <laughs> to hang out down there. I don't I don't know, but it'll be good for uh, Adam to get back. The, the, the tough part is. And he said this before, he loves coming back to Hattiesburg, but, you know, everybody wants a piece of him when he comes back. I mm-hmm. mean, from his high school buddies to his college buddies. And when you think about it, he's there to work, right? I mean, right. they've got to, got to do the show, and you hope the weather's going to cooperate, that it won't be too hot or that it won't rain or things like that. So there's all things, all sorts of things he has to deal with, and there's only, only so, much, so many hours in a day.
1: You know, right. So, no question it's about that. Good
4: that he's coming back. That's great.
1: No question.
0: Uh, Luke, just an update because I was talking uh, to to Rick Maddox earlier today, and just kind of our our weekly update on uh, on Corky Palmer. Uh, there' are actually some people going going to see coach today and and uh, check up on him, but we have eclipsed the twenty five thousand mark on uh, on the goFundMe page again it 's help coach corky palmer you can just go to gofundme dot com you can search that out and uh, still excited there there's still some people in the national uh in, in the national scene that uh, we 've been waiting on to to jump on with this and and so uh, there there 's other ways too that that people have been given to him, but but GoFundMe is is the best way. So right now, twenty five thousand one hundred and thirty dollars that we've raised through GoFundMe, and and the reason why it's so important is Coach has monthly needs, and I'm still trying to figure out, and we don't need to get into it, you know how uh, why you know the deficit is, is like it is uh, with with uh, Medicare and insurance and stuff like that. But anyway, we're, we're here to help Coach and and GoFundMe.com. Help Coach Corky Palmer, and appreciate, of course, Coach Jimmy Pierce and, and Tyler Kahn, Rick Maddox, and uh, and Ted Palmer, uh, all being a part of that. And I'm thankful I, I could too. So uh, Kelly, um, want to get your take uh, I wonder, uh, in the last couple. I could, go ahead. I,
4: if I could, I wanted to touch upon you know a follow up to yesterday's uh, uh, announcement by the Supreme Court that we had, that we broke actually on the Eagle Hour yesterday that that vote had come in and, and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of NCAA athletes. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh uh, today was very outspoken in, in his, his ruling. Of course, it was a unanimous ruling in favor of NCAA athletes. And, and Justice Kavanaugh put it this way, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty close, when he said the NCAA's business model would be absolutely illegal in any other aspect in America, business wise, that there that that it is not, a, It was a monopoly. your
0: athletics?
4: It's it's totally illegal, um, and so now the question becomes: What is the future of the NCAA with this ruling yesterday? What's going to happen? But, but is what, the okay. NCAA even going to be necessary?
0: But but here's the thing, though. So, so do you, are you saying the same thing about the NAIA? Are you saying uh, the, the exact same thing about – because what else do you compare collegiate athletics to? What else do you compare scholarship athletics to?
4: Well, remember, remember that many, many NAIA schools are private. So absolutely it would not apply. To the NAIA sure, I'm,
0: I'm saying, but how can he? How can he make a judgment statement upon something upon which there is no comparison to? Well, no,
4: he's just—he's—he was just the way that I interpreted his statement was that he was comparing it to business, you know, regular business. There is no other business model in America that would would allow anything other than what was ruled yesterday. That the right. NCAA's. Business but name model- me
0: another business that does what the NCAA does.
4: What, what do you mean does what the NCAA does? What do they do?
0: I mean, who, who else is in the business of overseeing and administering universities and student-athletes and making sure they're taken care of? Who else does that? How can you compare it to other businesses when there's no other business like it?
4: I think what, I think what it comes down to is, is what, remember back in the old, well, you wouldn't remember. <laughs> and and I, no, I mean no disrespect with that. But, Bob, back in the early days before free agency in sports, you know, whatever team drafted you, that's the team you were stuck with, whether whether you wanted it or not. Right. But then free agency came about and allowed these guys to determine their own worth. And that's pretty much what that ruling okay. said yesterday, and we can continue the discussion. Yeah, I,
1: I hear you. Here's my opinion. College athletes are being paid. They get free tuition. They get free room and board. They get stipends. They get everything free while other kids who maybe can't play basketball or football are paying through the nose. Sky-high tuitions, sky-high student rates. One man's opinion, I think athletes are already being compensated for what they do. We'll be back.
4: To the Eagle Hour, the Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top.
0: Final segment on this Tuesday brought to you by D Bat and D One Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Great place to train. Great place to get instruction. Get your kids schooled up with some of the best uh, instruction in the Pine Belt. It's all available at DBAT and D1 Training. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Incoming freshman Paige Kilgore uh, to Southern Miss Softball has been named the 2021 Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year, and she is the two-time reigning Gatorade Player of the Year out of Houston, Mississippi, a uh, a pitcher, and uh, called the best player in Mississippi two years in a row. So uh, that that's pretty cool for Paige Gilgore coming in to uh, to play Southern Miss softball. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and Laurel. It Hi, was guys. a we, we we're all friends, but but it gets intense occasionally, and it got intense off air. But we're it's just a friendly disagreement. And Kelly, let's circle back to, to where we were and then let let's let's get our final points and then we want to ask you about the the, the twelve team uh, playoff. Get your thoughts on that. All right, he, here's here's where Bob and I are. There is a line between amateurism and professionalism. If you are an amateur athlete, a college athlete, and you declare for the NFL draft and you go through that process and sign with an the agent, they ain't no going back. And it seems as if, here's the frustration, what they did yesterday was they have erased the line, tore down the wall between amateurism and professionalism. And to your point, what point now does the NCAA serve at all as an oversight?
4: It doesn't and, and won't. Um, and, and I know that Bob made the point going into the break that, that players are compensated through tuition. And that that's fair enough but that doesn't make them any different than the student who scores the 35 on the ACT and gets their education paid for. Okay, there are there are students that you know that make these high scores on ACTs that make enough in scholarship money to not only pay tuition but put money in their pocket to buy a car or do whatever they want to do. All right, those students who score those high scores determine what they're worth and the the scholarship the people who give out these scholarships determine what these students are worth. And the player, these other players, there's no limit. There's no limit to what, how much money a kid can put in his pocket by scoring a 35 or a 36 on the ECT. They can rack up 100, 200 thousand dollars worth of scholarships. Football player can't. Yes, but they should but be. But they should be allowed to. What makes Here's that- the
0: distinction. Varsity football, and I'm here as a champion of it, is an extracurricular activity. Now, I know it pays for everybody else, but what that academic student is doing is primarily what the university exists for, education. The joke was back in the day, and it's still to this day, you would hold up one finger and you would say, football is number two, and then you would hold up uh, two fingers, and you would say uh, school is number one, and everybody understood it. Football was priority, and that's just the joke, and it goes along. But to, but what you're saying is is that you can't carry out the reason why you're there, but this other thing that is secondary to why you are there, and I'm just saying that's the principle. That's the way it's everything set up. You're not an athlete student. So I'm saying what you're arguing is the primary reason that they're at school. Football isn't.
4: Well, that's your opinion. You could ask a lot of athletes who would say the only reason they're in school I get is, that. To play, or is to
0: play football. I get that, but the baseball. way that the system is set up, and, and I think we agree on this, and I guess this is where we could end this discussion, if we're going to pay athletes... Then what are we going to do about the managers and the trainers who are students who pay their own way or get semi scholarships who take care of all those? I think we both agree to the natural outcome of that answer.
4: Well, we're not we're not the NCAA, the ruling that came down yesterday said that schools are allowed to continue, you know, what what they've been doing, but they just can't if there are certain players who whose likenesses or personalities would allow them to make extra money, they're allowed to do that. That's called free enterprise, amateur athletes or not. And the United States is one of the few nations, if not the only one anymore, that does not allow professional athletes to participate on teams like the Olympic teams. But even we've been getting away from that because our basketball players from the NBA have been playing in the Olympics for a long time. So that line that you talk about, Lou, and I hear you, has, has been blurred for the past 10 to 15 years and I think all the decision yesterday does is wipe out that line completely, so that everybody can determine what they are worth, rightly or wrongly. That's that was the ruling. And you were talking about Kill Ford, the two-time Gatorade Player of the Year, plays at Houston High School. What's the mascot, you guys?
0: I have no idea. No idea.
4: The Hilltoppers.
0: Oh, yeah. The Hilltoppers. Uh, let me throw Bob, one on, at on you. all this. On all this I sound like a grouchy old man aren't you proud of me?
1: Uh, it makes me feel good Luke I mean you I just I've just seen maturity coming in and uh, so so Luke and I are one side of this issue Kelly Sanders on the other. Here's an interesting thought Thursday we have Tyrone Nix on the show. We'll ask Tyrone Nix what he thinks about the uh, student athletes going. being paid. Looking Here. forward to having Coach Nix this Thursday.
0: Here's where the ultimate rub comes, Bob. We don't have the money that Sander has. He knows oh, what it's well, like to yeah. have life. He lots lives of in Canebrake,
1: Luke. Come on. Come on. on. And what is it y'all say in canebrake about the rest of us, Kelly?
4: We're, we're just better than you.
1: <laughs> Southern Miss.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle
2: a free
0: a super talk Mississippi Media Production